Hello, welcome back to Pure Skin Talk. My name is Devin MacArthur. How are you guys doing today? Oh my goodness. I'm gonna be honest, I'm a bit tired. My dog kept me up all night from one o'clock till about 5.30. And he just decided there was something in the wall. There wasn't, I didn't hear anything. My other dog didn't hear anything. So he was trying to scratch at the wall night. Finally, I blocked it so he couldn't get to it, but he was still curious and wouldn't stop and was crying and trying to get to it all night. I got to tell you, it was really rough. Finally, I went out and watched some TV. I went into another room to watch TV and just nothing, nothing. He just wouldn't calm down. So I guess eventually around 5.30, he decided he was done and we were able to go back to sleep, but... Ah, I really do love my dogs. I love animals. So this is why I I deal with it. But it's rough, man. I'm already a bad sleeper. But on nights that I'm going to sleep, I don't need a dog keeping me awake. And I know I would have slept last night. So anyways, that was my night. Hopefully you guys are sleeping better than me. Okay, so I have posted some new things on social media, of course. One of the things I wanted to talk about was making sure you're wearing sunscreen. Just some of the stuff I see, I mean, it just the cancer that's out there, it just isn't worth it. And I'm always surprised when I hear people say that they don't need to wear it because their grandmother didn't wear it and she's fine. It's just, it's not worth it. So highly recommend wear sunscreen. Mineral sunscreen is my favorite. That cancer is just out there and it's, quite frankly, it's pretty scary. Another thing I wanted to talk about, I posted a video the other day of this girl who was on Accutane and she was in a nail salon getting her nails done and they asked her if she wanted to get her eyebrows waxed. Now, in that situation, she said she didn't feel comfortable say no, like it's just, that's not easy for her. And some people, I get that. I have no problem with it, but I know that's a real thing for people. And it just sounds like she was uncomfortable. So she said yes. And then I think that clouded her brain, her mind, whatever, and forgot that she was on Accutane for a second. And listen, she paid the price. She knows what she did wrong. You know, that whole thing. It absolutely strips your skin. Accutane is really, really, really hard on the skin. And so you just, you can't get waxed. You know, threading, tweezing, those are options. Some people can't even do those though. But, you know, I wanted to bring it up because this can happen with retinol too. I had a client, this was many, many years ago. I mean, in somewhere in the first couple years of being an esthetician. And I had this client who, I think I've told this story before, but every once in a while, when I would do her brows, I would strip the skin. And I was like, I just, I don't understand it. And, you know, I constantly was like talking to her about her routine because why would it happen sometimes and not others? And, you know, da, da, da. Like we just, she couldn't understand it. And I would always ask her, are you sure you're not using any retinols? And And it was always no, 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 no. And then one day it happened and for some reason, this time she decided to tell me that she does use retinol, but only around her mouth. And I said, that is the problem. I said, it travels. I said, so even if you're using it on a different area than we are waxing, you can still strip the skin. And it probably was inconsistent because maybe she wasn't using the retinol every night. I don't remember all the details. 
And then, you know, or maybe it didn't travel to that area that specific day. Like, you know, there's just so many reasons why it wouldn't be consistent as far as stripping the skin all the time. But I have to tell you, I never saw her again after that. And I don't know why. I don't know if she didn't believe me, but that was my last appointment. She was like, I saw her all the time. So I don't know what happened there because I know I wasn't rude about it, especially at the beginning of my career. I mean, not that I'm rude now, but like at the beginning of my career, I was definitely more like people pleasing with the client. And I remember where we were standing. Like I just remember it vividly because I just thought the whole thing was weird. And then when I never saw her again, I was like, okay, that's, I don't know what happened there. But anyway, so you just have to be careful when using vitamin A's. It's another reason why I love my rejuvenator because it acts like a retinol, but it doesn't have the side effects of a retinol. So you don't have to be careful. You don't have to worry about waxing or sun or anything else. And I know I talk about this a lot, but like that's a big advantage. So you just got to be careful with retinols and that's your tretinoin. That's, you know, even different. And, you know, the vitamin A, you just, it's hard on the skin and, It definitely has its benefits, but it's just an ingredient you got to be careful with. So anyways, I think this woman with the Accutane, this girl, whatever, she learned her lesson and won't be doing that again. (laughs) And I could say, you know, it's on the side of the practitioner too, because you got to be asking the right questions. But here's the thing. She got it done in a nail salon. And they aren't known for behaving the same way as an esthetician in an actual salon or on their own or something like that. Nail salon, it's just, it's a different environment. And it it just, most estheticians will tell you don't get waxed in a nail salon because this is not their, you know, specialty. Waxing is not necessarily their specialty. It's more of like an upgrade. So you just want to be careful. Of course, you can always get lucky, but is it worth it? I really don't think it is. So Anyways, we are going to talk about some melasma this week. So I got nothing else to say. (laughs) So let's, why don't we just get into it? Here we go. All right, so here we go talking about melasma. You know, we're heading into summertime. And sometimes that means the melasma is going to appear worse. It might appear darker because the sun can make it, the sun and the heat. Okay, so let's talk about it. You know, this can confuse some people because it is similar to hyperpigmentation because it's dark spots or patches on our skin. And let's be honest, nobody wants them. How the two form on our skin is different and it's important to know the difference. So melasma looks like dark, discolored patches on the skin. They are usually brown or even a brown-gray color. You will find melasma most commonly on the forehead, around the mouth, upper lip is super common, and outside part of the face, kind of like around the hairline. But really, it can happen anywhere. Melasma is the overproduction of melanin. Melanocytes are cells that are found in the dermis, which is the deepest layer of the skin. These cells produce melanin, and melanin is in groups called melanosomes, and they move up to the surface, and that's the color you see show up. Hormones seem to cause melasma, but sun exposure, heat, and skin irritation, like too much exfoliation, 
can also be a cause and definitely make it worse. Remember, I've said a million times on this podcast, overexfoliation can be just as bad as underexfoliation and creating more melasma or darkening of your current melasma can happen when you exfoliate the skin too much. And that's not going to happen for everybody. Some people are more prone to melasma than others. So how can you tell the difference between melasma and hyperpigmentation? I've posted on my Instagram before a quick way to figure out what is on your face. I will post it again. It's a trick. It's not absolute, but it can help. I always recommend to go see a professional to really know for sure. So here's what you want to do. After you have cleansed the skin, stretch the area you are looking at. If the skin appears lighter than it did when it was at rest, then that means the damage is more superficial and closer to the surface. And that would be hyperpigmentation. If the skin appears darker, it means the damage is much deeper in the dermis and it will be more difficult to treat. Women are more prone to melasma than men because, you know, hormones. Since hormones play a big part, this is why we are affected more. Pregnant women suffer from it, but sometimes the melasma will fade away after the baby, sometimes after nursing, when the hormones have calmed down. And that can be around a year mark. So if it's still there when the baby turns one, then it's probably something that you might have to deal with if it's a problem for you. If you don't care, you don't care. It's going to be fine. Sunscreen becomes super important when you're pregnant. Hopefully you're wearing it anyway, but the sun can make it darker and permanent, like I've said before. And pregnancy mask is a real thing, the upper lip. And you don't want that permanent darkness above that lip because it can actually kind of look like a mustache. So I always tell people being in the sun is not great if you're pregnant because you won't tan as consistently. And then you want to just reapply sunscreen more often than when you're not pregnant. I always say every two hours, if you're out in the sun or swimming, whatever, maybe do it more if you're pregnant, especially if you're prone to melasma. Now, birth control can also cause melasma because of the hormones. I remember I had gone on this pill in my 20s and I started getting that dark patch above my upper lip. Now, I can't remember if I had heard about this already or if someone told me, but I immediately went to my doctor and got on another pill. Thankfully, it went away. I mean, I took care of it pretty quickly. And I've been on different pills over the years and it's never come back. I've never gotten it again. So yay, thank you. Genetics play a part. If you see it in your family, you are probably going to get it too. Sorry about that. That's always a bummer. So those with darker skin get it because they have more active melanocytes. So it's easier to overstimulate and get melasma. And I know some people with darker skin think like, maybe I don't have to wear sunscreen, whatever. I mean, I think we're kind of getting away from that more. But there are still some people who think that they don't need to wear it if they have dark skin. So what can you do to help the skin? First thing is always sunscreen. We talked about that. If you aren't protecting your skin from the sun, then forget everything else. You need to wear it every single day. 
And I mean, what are you waiting for? Just just wear it. It's it's worth it. Make it part of your skincare routine. You wouldn't skip brushing your teeth, so why would you skip sunscreen? And if you make it part of your skincare routine, like for me, it's the last step in the morning for me. There's no forgetting it then, right? Because it's just, I'm going to put moisturizer on and then I'm going to put my sunscreen on. I'm just not going to forget, obviously. Now, there's some people who are like, oh, I keep it by the front door. And so if I know I'm going to go outside, then I put it on. Just put it on in the morning. It's worth it because you have windows in your house. You might go outside to get the mail. You might drive to Target. You don't know. And it's all that incidental damage that is the worst. Look at your birth control. Is that the cause? When did it happen? You know, kind of see if you can look back and, and figure out what's going on. There are a lot of different types of birth control. So you do have options. Like I said, I was able to switch and it worked for me. So look for ingredients that will block tyrosinase. I actually just posted on Instagram the other day some ingredients that will help block tyrosinase. Those ingredients that block it will interrupt the signals being sent to the melanocytes. Hydroquinone, azelaic acid, kojic acid, arbutin, licorice extract, and vitamin C are all good examples. I've done episodes on hydroquinone and vitamin C if you want to know more about those. Vitamin C is my favorite ingredient. I think everybody over the age of 18 should be using a vitamin C serum in the morning. And like I said, I just posted. So if you want, it's all written down for you, the the best ingredients to block tyrosinase. Exfoliation, I mentioned this. This always helps the skin, but physical and chemical exfoliation helps to slough off the dead skin. Salicylic and glycolic acids are great examples. Retinol can also be considered a form of exfoliation because it helps cell turnover. Now, we don't want to over exfoliate, but we definitely want to exfoliate so that we are sloughing off that dead skin. Retinol helps, obviously, because the cell turnover increases. For me, I recommend the rejuvenator to my clients because that's just what I prefer. Keep your skin cool. Heat increases melanin. Use a gel mask, stay indoors, put an ice pack or something frozen on the back of your neck to keep your body cool and stay out of saunas. Now, I just had this conversation last night with a client about saunas and she was asking, can she use them? And I said, absolutely, because she wants to use it for her body to help with inflammation and stuff, which is great. But if you're prone to melasma or even hyperpigmentation, that heat can make it worse. So do what you can to keep your face cool. Don't do it as often, maybe. These are just things you got to think about if you're prone to it. Laser treatments can sometimes make it worse too. I've seen it because laser treatments use heat. They do have some no heat lasers that obviously would be better for the skin. But if it's a laser treatment with heat, this is definitely a concern. Chemical peels, I love to use that to help with melasma. It's not going to just be one peel. It is going to be a series. But as we're going into summer, I've stopped doing chemical peels. So I will resume those again in the fall. Usually I shoot for October, usually November, and I stop again in May. So that's an option. And then of course, you know, we've got microneedling or micro channeling. I have seen some great results treating hyperpigmentation and melasma. Again, it's not a one treatment. It's going to be at least three but my clients have been very happy. It is something that you're going to have to keep up with. Like once you get the desired result of the microneedling or I do microchanneling, same thing, different device, 
then you're going to have to keep up with it because that melasma can come back because clearly you're prone to it. Now, if it's melasma from pregnancy, maybe it won't come back, but you, you will have to watch it. And then you would just go into maintenance mode with the microneedling or microchanneling. My ThermoClear. I always talk about zapping sunspots with my ThermoClear machine. Again, I don't do it in the summertime, but it cannot help with melasma because it's too deep in the skin and uh, ThermoClear only works on the surface. So it can help with hyperpigmentation. There's no guarantee, but it can help. But it definitely cannot help with melasma. All right, you guys. That's it. Melasma is a different animal than hyperpigmentation. It's much more complex, but I don't think it's a lost cause. Please reach out to me if you have any questions. You know, hopefully I broke it down enough so you know which direction to go in fixing it. But if you don't and you need some guidance, I am here. Don't forget, I do have my skincare coaching and we can talk about that. We can talk about options and get you on a good skincare routine to help with that melasma and hyperpigmentation, especially as we're going into summer. You know, it's interesting because as we go into summer, it's all about prevention and we got to really help protect our skin. And then as we go into winter, it's all about like correcting the hyperpigmentation and melasma. So, you know, it's different times of year, depending on where we're at for which direction you would go. Now you can do microneedling year round. Some people offer chemical peels year round. I don't. A lot of people go on vacations. There's a lot of sun. People are going to do barbecues in July. They're not going to do a barbecue in December. For the most part, obviously I'm generally speaking because somebody is going to tell me that they have barbecues all the time in December, but most people do not. So there's more of a concern in July versus December because you're going to be out in the sun. So even like I live in Orange County, obviously Arizona gets a lot of heat year round. But again, it's your exposure to the sun, to the heat that really matter the most. So even if it's hot outside in December, like I said, you're not going to sit out there and laying out by the pool and whatnot. So unless you go on vacation. Always exceptions to the rule, I understand. All right, so I hope I made that easy for all of you. Like I said, reach out if you have any questions or definitely sign up for my skincare coaching and I can customize a routine for you. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Pure Skin OC. I post lots of skincare tips and videos. You can find me at TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, you can always visit my website and my online store. If you're local and interested in receiving one of my treatments, all of my services are on there and you can even book from there too. You can also find my skincare coaching if you want to have a virtual consultation with me so that I can help you with your skin. And lastly, but so important, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Besides sharing it with your friends and family, this is the best way to help it grow. Thanks so much, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Until next time. Mm-hmm.